you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Big plans for the new year? Oh, yeah. Tons of them. Squarespace, baby. It makes it easy to turn your idea into a unique website, showcase your work, blog or publish content, even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. You can customize everything from look and feel to settings and products using beautiful templates created by pickled cabbage. Sentient pickled cabbage is actually what the copy (laughs) says. Uh, World-class designers and there's nothing to install, patch or upgrade ever. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, pay attention to this, Connie. Mm -hmm. Use the offer code AROUND to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace, baby. The Around the NFL podcast. Knock on wood. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by Head & Shoulders. My name is Dan Hensis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, who has the vapors, Connie Fox, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, people? Hey, hey, hey. It is a really hot Thank you. studio today. Though. I often feel alone on an island with my feeling hotter in a room than everyone else, but no. it feels like I have five sweaters on and three of them on my head. Yeah. For people listening at home, <laughs> three it's, of fine. Them on your- it's fine. It's fine. Is that a it new shirt, nice. <laughs> by the way? Uh, it is. Mark I like it. About a week and a half yeah. old. Mark, Mark went shopping, he told us, over Christmas break. For the first time shopping. in about on, a decade. Went to the, the Chris Wessling collection on Amazon.com. <laughs> picked up a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Which is funny because Wes, now that the Paramore has really sunk her claws into him, uh, is now moving away from the flannel outdoorsman new Timberlake album look mm-hmm. and toward a more refined like Wes is very close to having the silk silk scarf that ties around his neck and tucks mm. into the button down shirt Wes went blazer jacket. at the uh, playoff game I based liked on it. what I was doing and so we're borrowing each other's style mm. 
leanings at this point. There's no telling where one ends, the other begins. When he, it comes he did a jacket and sneakers. Absolutely. Extremely exciting do. times in the fashion world right now. With it the kiss really is. Uh, Connie is with us. Connie I am travels here. the country every week. And uh, you mentioned before we started uh, that you, you know, you're known to have a few drinks every now and then. You know, I, uh, I, that's how I unwind. And there was a bomb cyclone, which is a weather <laughs> development that happened because we broke the environment. That's, that's how I feel like my life is a bomb years. cyclone. But you know. um, yes, and because of that, instead of your typical flight path from here directly to the Philadelphia area, you had to go to D.C. and then train up. Yeah. And then. You had to pass the time. Had to pass the time. So I was on the flight. It was a late flight. Everybody was angry and annoyed. And so I passed the time. But, you know, with a couple beers and I listened to the podcast and I wrote down some notes about the podcast and I was going to send them to you guys. And and then I looked at it the next morning and was like, you know, this really doesn't need to be sent. It really doesn't. You know, it's funny. It's like the equivalent of, and I, as I've gotten older and do less in my life in general in terms of a social scene, this doesn't happen as much. But like drunk text that you look at your phone the next morning. It's like, why did I send that to so-and-so? <laughs> They're usually after company parties. Yeah. Like, that no longer is really something I worry about, but that's essentially mm. what you had cooking, maybe. And mm-hmm. one day, we'd like to s- see set. this. I want to see what you wrote. I was very excited about Y2K. Um, there we were did talk about y- Y2K. Y2K. There were a lot of stories, um, you know, uh, that I... I'll, I'll, I'll show you guys. At did you point. make... A- Falling through a frozen lake? Yeah. You talked about... That is my worst nightmare ever. Like, I, I have... Have nightmares about it. I was a figure skater. I would never, ever in my life skate on a lake. And you talking about your friend falling yeah. through one really resonated. Hmm. That one hit. What was her name? Mary? Michelle. Michelle. Didn't die. She survived. That is Michelle's, so scary. Michelle lives on. Uh, anyway, so yeah, get, next time you get drunk, just okay. hit send. Great. No problem. And then, That's uh, what I do. And then regret it in the morning. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Big show today. The Tuesday show. As we head towards divisional round weekend. Woo! Ow! <laughs> this is what we're talking about today. We're going to do some news. Uh, and the, at the heart of the news is we're, we're doing a little coaching tracker. We're going to see what's going on uh, with the comings and goings. We know kind of who's going for the most part now. But now who's getting hired? And, of course, at the top of that list is Johnny Gruden, who got a nice, beefy deal. Uh, also, there are eight teams remaining. Uh, uh, in the playoffs, and what we're going to do is have a, a discussion uh, ranking uh, kind of superlatives almost. Uh, we call it playoff team rankings, but it's almost superlatives. Different categories, which of the remaining teams, coaches, players, top each of the categories we're going to throw out about eight Not or the so. typical boring article you'd find posted this week on multiple right. websites, maybe right. even our own. Oh, like, the Chiefs fell in the power rankings this week. Well... Yeah, it makes sense. You're out. Yeah. Wow. Dirt nap, you don't rise in the power Speaking rankings. Speaking of power rankings, Colleen, every Tuesday every on NFL Tuesday. Network, the power ranking show. Yep, at 3, 3.30. Wait. Pacific, I think yeah. Yep, Pacific. <laughs> 3 o'clock Pacific. What a sell. 3.30 Pacific. 11.30 is my meeting. <laughs> oh, that's right. So we got to yeah. keep moving. So that's, that's what's coming up today on the show. And uh, we're excited to get going. Lindsey Fulton back behind the glass. Uh, let's start with some news. Woo! Let's go, Marcus. See, where we going, huh? <laughs> yeah. 
That, of course, is uh, cornerback. I shouldn't say of course. How would you know? That's Chiefs <laughs> cornerback Marcus Peters jogging back to the locker room after the Chiefs embarrassingly got knocked off by the Titans uh, on Saturday. And some fan, because this is now the thing in these stadiums, and Arrowhead's an older facility, but I guess they retrofitted it. Now to have the walk between the locker room and the field, they like to have a, like a fan area where yeah. you, you get to stare at these. It's like a runway. Players, like it's a, they're zoo animals. It's like also known as a cash grab. Yeah, it's a ca- Yeah, it's definitely a cash grab. And this fan said, uh, "What did he say? Way to go!" It was just yeah, yeah, way to go or. Way to go, Marcus. Let's he also go. Was, let's go. Yeah, he goes, let's go. Andy Reid had just walked by, and they were like, Big Red, like, still love you, Big Red. And I'm just thinking, what is going through <laughs> oh, Andy, no. Andy Reid's mind right then? And then they go, let's go, Marcus. Yeah, let's hear it one more time. Woo! Let's go, Marcus. Where are we going, Marcus? <laughs> Marcus <laughs> Peter's like, yeah, where are we going? We're not going anywhere. We're going home. And the fan's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> when the fan's like, in my defense, I'm drunk because I got a $7,500 upcharge to have this access in the tunnel way. I've been drinking since 8.30 a.m. with an idea that we'd win this game. Anyway, let's, You're do, out. let's do some news starting with, yes, John Gruden, who on Tuesday was announced as the new head coach of the Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. Rap Sheet reported on Friday, of course. Um, that the Raiders were going to make this official announcement and make Gruden the coach. And guess what? It's a 10-year, $100 million deal for the coach who's been out of the game for a decade. All his coordinators will get four-year de- four year deals. Greg, uh, this is one of the worst-kept secrets in the NFL that this was going to happen. Uh, but I think it's still hard to wrap your head around the leverage that Gruden had and the deal that he got because it so easily can go very wrong. It can, and people are so focused on the like ten year deal. What a commitment! Like the the years don't matter; it's the money. He's getting a hundred million dollars, whether it lasts three years or whether it lasts all ten or seven. I mean, if he's a disaster and they don't win any games, he's not going to be their coach for ten years. The I'm very fascinated to see how he presents himself if he's different when it was John Gruden the first time around. It was all about John Gruden. I mean, there was no more me first look at me head coach than John Gruden. And he would really build his players up in public and he would bury them and cut them uh, very coldly uh, in private. And I think he rubbed a lot of players the wrong way. They didn't really do a great job in his final six years in Tampa. So to me, there's a lot of questions. I do like the fact that we're hearing Reggie McKenzie will stay on as general manager. That's not officially confirmed. But I think that gives the, the Raiders a chance for a little more stability. Bringing an extremely exciting hire at offensive coordinator in Greg Olson to pair with defensive coordinator Paul Gunther. I mean, look, I think the thing, if you want... If the, so, so anti-Greg Olson. What's your problem with Greg Olson? Not, not the Panthers' Olson? tight end. It was, he was the Rams' no, he's quarterback not a tight end. coach. He has been a, a coordinator in the league uh, many times, including was, under John Gruden. What was that about, Mark? I just don't find it that interesting of a hire, personally. But Donald Penn, their left tackle, he basically already has called Gruden compared it to Steve Kerr going to the Warriors. Well, he played a lot of for this... him before. Like, he played for him in the past. Donald yeah, I mean, Penn he did. knows him. I love Donald Penn, and I think he's, like, really good and really smart. But I saw those comments, which were on our network, kind of as like, hey, don't cut me. Right. You know, <laughs> like, because he's very much sort of up in the air of like, yeah. okay, is Donald Penn going to be back? Because you would think John Gruden's going to make a lot of changes. And to your point, what you brought up about him rubbing players the wrong way. There has been some talk speculation that is Derek Carr, John Gruden, is that a good marriage? Is Carr built emotionally? I mean, he once upon a time blocked us, Derek Carr, so we got under his skin oh. at some point. 
uh, although he's a great quarterback and a future MVP in this league, if Gruden pushes the wrong buttons with Carr, that becomes a very awkward situation because Carr is still viewed as the face of that franchise. And Gruden now – actually, Gruden's the face of the franchise because he's got 10 Much for 100 so. mil. Wow. I just I, – I can't wait to see how this all plays out. It's been so long since he was coaching. I mean, he's been in the booth for so long. And I, I feel like the game has kind of changed since the last time he was in this position. The so one, I don't know how it's going to go down. Th- that actually, I think, can be a benefit because when you talk to coaches who are out for a year or so, then they talk about watching film from all over the league, which they don't do when they're in their little burrows with their own team. Gruden has seen the league change with a complete first-hand look. He's talking to all these coaches on a weekly basis. That's You hope that Gruden would take something from that and change a little bit as a coach. I look at someone like Pat Shermer that got fired in Cleveland and decide, instead of going and just clinging to what he knew, he went to learn under Chip Kelly, so a completely different type of offense, and he evolves. Like, is Gruden going to evolve? Or as you say, Greg, is it going to be... Or his press conference comes on after this show today, and NFL Network is treating it like the second coming of Jesus. So is it, is it all about Gruden, or is there going to be substance it's behind gonna be a show. Well, he's entertaining. He is. Yeah, he, he is. makes the league more fun. I guess it's perfect for Vegas. I, th- I think it's great. And you asked about, you mentioned, like, how did he get that leverage? First of all, other coaches around the league, like Mike Tomlin or... They got to be, they got to be, give us that guap. But he had the leverage because Mark Davis, the Raiders owner, was reportedly wooing John Gruden and meeting at, you know confidential hooters across America or wherever. There's they, no such thing as a confidential I don't know. Hooters. Wherever they met up. I think that's where they meet up for the last six years trying to bring, bring John Gruden back to the fold. And and Gruden just kept saying no, no, no. And that's how you get that price mm. up. Yeah. That's, that's my fantasy football team name next year. Confidential hooters. Please. <laughs> By the way, the, um, just a bit of a Sessler here. I think this is going to work, at least initially. Really? Yeah. I think the Raiders are going to be good, and I think he's going to juice the franchise. But, I mean, they better if they don't hit the ground running. If a lot of pressure to win now. If like, they're 4-8 and eight in November, and they have nine more years on the deal and $90 million, oh my God. it's like, what are you going to do? And what if he clashes with ownership? And, and, and That is it's, so it's such much a money. Huge financial right? risk. And, yeah, you can get fire him at any time and start over. He has a, long, he has a 20-year a relationship risk. with Mark Davis, so I think that's one of the attractions is that he's got someone he gets along with. And I'm not worried about the Derek Carr thing. Gruden goes in there knowing that Carr is the most important guy and their relationship is the most important part of that franchise. There's no, there's no thought of changing quarterbacks. Gruden also loves Derek Carr. Yeah. I mean, on yeah. record, he's glowed right. over him unlike very... Well, I mean, has who hasn't he glowed over? Well, right. that's true. That's it just that, feels very boomer busty to me. People right. always said that, like that's what he was like in the booth. And I, and I was thinking, they don't remember what he was like as a coach. He would puff up his players as the greatest ever <laughs> and then he would cut them the next oh day. Oh my God. Moving on. Matt Nagy. Naggy Nagy. I go Naggy. I go Naggy. I got like pulled into one of those I did too. things where it's like an insufferable conversation about the pronunciation of the name and the region of the world. And it was somehow turned into some type of culture war. And I'm like, bros, I don't want to be involved with this. Uh, this was on fire a week ago and then caught fire again yesterday. I've seen it in my, in my I mean, really? it, enjoy your conversation, uh, fellas. I hope it goes. <laughs> I hope you come to a conclusion. Nagy is the other one that's floating out there. Naggy Nagy. I think, I think. I don't know. Nagy sounds kind of weird. I'm going Nagy. Like Nagy. Kind of okay. I'll go like players. Chuck Nagy, the former Indians ace. The team announced Monday, that being the Chicago Bears, that Chiefs offensive coordinator Matt Nagy is the new head coach of the Bears. Nagy interviewed, or is it Nagy? <laughs> Nagy. <laughs> 
Let's at least make an in-house decision. <laughs> yeah, what's the in-house decision? Hey, if, you're, if you're referring to Charles Nagy, the former Indians pitcher, yeah. definitely Nagy. There was Nagy in Oh, in, no. In, in, in Charles Cleveland. Nagy. I always no, went Nagy. <laughs> well, let's. This how about we go, let's go Nagy? Yeah, we and need, then, then we'll reassess. We need to all let's be on the same Let's have the listeners it's decide. Nagy, and it's officially Camara, which I think everyone needs to get on on board here. Camara, the polls up right Alvin now at, around the NFL. You can vote. We'll have the results at the end of the Wait show. Wait till we get to the uh, Packers GM. <laughs> Not Camara. No, it's Camara. 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 That one's official now. That's tomato, tomato. Oh my god. But what Nagy? I'm going Nagy. Nagy. Like a Let's nag. move forward. But we need to be in lockstep. Nagy. Okay. okay. <laughs> anyway, Nagy interviewed with Ryan Pace on Sunday, uh, right after the Chiefs blew it against the Titans. He also interviewed with the Colts about their gig, uh, Rap Sheet reported, but he takes the Bears job, and this is a Bears team that finished in last in the NFC North, and every year John Fox was there. And, uh, Colleen, uh, like we've been talking about, it's not a surprise, and I think the Rams had the template uh, with their young quarterback, get an offensive-minded head coach in there who could develop the QB and hope that saves the the franchise or changes fortunes. And I think that's what the Bears are going for here with Nagy. Yeah, I was reading about uh, Nagy last night, and then I woke up on top of my computer this morning. Humble but, brag. So I think that <laughs> I think that's really like sunk in. But one of the things that is interesting is. He was hired as an Eagles intern in 2008 under not Andy long Reed. ago 2008 like that and now he's a head coach so not even 10 years later but I think it is a good fit with Trubisky and and as you mentioned with kind of the trend of bringing in younger younger head coaches because maybe they can relate better to the players. Um, but I think that Nagy is going to make good use of Trubisky's mobility. And I think he's since he's learned under Andy Reid and the West Coast offense, we're going to see him uh, just kind of work with Trubisky. And they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, I think, next season. I don't know if this. No, did I? Oh, we've we've made it. We've I'm come done. to an agreement that it's that it's Nagy. Yes, that's as a group. At. Can as we a group. give him as a nickname? A that might be the one. All right. I don't think this happens uh, unless Sean McVay roared to such a mm. successful season because I think that's still a bit of an old boys network where a 39-year-old coach who you're saying, he's an arena league quarterback a decade ago. Wow. I mean, this guy has not been in the circle for 15, 20 years. I think it helps when they watch someone like Sean McVay transform an offense. You can't find an offense more dead than Chicago's, so the script is similar. And yes, it's a West Coast offense. It's a really good fit for Trubisky, and we'll see where it goes. He's going to he's gonna have to do a lot quickly. People have been making that connection, and, and that makes sense, but you have a lot of other great things that happened in Los Angeles, including the personnel that they brought in, having Todd Gurley there. You certainly have a running game in Chicago, but it's a lot to ask. Most importantly, is Trubisky going to be good enough? Now, Nagy did have the experience of developing Patrick Mahomes, a rookie quarterback this year. Seems to do a good job based on how Mahomes Mm -hmm. looked in week 17. And what I liked about Nagy and Andy Reid lately, that's, that offense has changed a lot over the years. It's really inventive and forward thinking. And it's, it's a lot of those West Coast principles. They use them, but in a very creative way with some of the Chip Kelly principles. Like I, it seems like a fun hire to me. Well, hire. I get. We should mention that Brad Childress, ex-Vikings coach, he was part of that change. He was their spread game coordinator. He's retiring. They lose Nagy. They lose Childress. They could lose Alex Smith, potentially, if they decide to move on with Patrick Mahomes. It's going to look a lot different tonight. And maybe I'm a sucker, but when Andy Reid said that Nagy was the best head coaching prospect that he's ever had work for him, and you know that's a group that includes John Harbaugh, mm-hmm. Ron Rivera, 
John McDermott, Doug Peterson, Brad Childress. You know, I I know it's just like a, a guy saying that, but I think right when he said that, I was like, oh, that guy's getting hired this year. If because hits, if Reed says that, it's not just it carries weight. I right. bet other people around the league think that. If he hits a home run in Chicago. Every coach over the age of 44 is done. Well, <laughs> They're out as head coach. We're going young, 25-year-old coaches. And look at the way that he was able to turn around the Chiefs offense when yeah. they were slumping so bad. I'm interested to see who they end up hiring as their defensive coordinator, too. I mean, I wonder if they're going to go like the Rams did and bring in a wise vet, like an older guy like Wade Phillips. They, they're trying to keep... Or a Mark Sessler. Or, or stop it. They're trying to stick with Fangio. <laughs> they're trying to keep Vic Fangio, <laughs> who is their defensive coordinator, but he's going to be a popular free agent coach who has his contract up, so he might go else. Mark, honest answer. Mm-hmm. None of, no one listens. None of the bosses upstairs listen, so right. you don't have to worry about your job security. Okay. Go ahead. If someone offered you Brad Childress's job as the Chiefs spread game coordinator, and obviously you don't have any of the X and O's knowledge. Would it be like downloaded into me, like off a computer No, you have chip? to learn it. <laughs> hmm, okay. But you get the offer. You Childress's salary, it's comparable to whatever he was making. He's assistant head coach, too, yeah. so I think it's up there. Uh, would you take the job? I'm not even joking. Would you take the job? I think I'd be a, a raging embarrassment. So I'm how could you not no. be joking though? Because it's a scenario <laughs> that I'm I serious. don't know. I mean, I think Childress. You couldn't tell if Childress was doing anything great or not great on a week to week basis. Yes. He didn't really have his fingerprints directly. Anything. So maybe I would take it because even if I were a absolute mess, you get no one, one would of those, really know. Yeah, yeah, you get one of those four year contracts. Like you're saying, you that, I get paid. They're like this two months in, even two two hours in. This is a not boy, a competent individual. You love, you love I still have the. I'm getting paid for coordinators. Four years. Mm-hmm. That's what you because yeah, all you, the rest of us would say no immediately. So right. We don't know any. We don't know nearly enough to possibly take that job. I'm looking at it is a four-year coach's guaranteed contract. That guaranteed money is a big deal. They'd fly me in. They'd be like, oh, these are the new wonderkind. Like, he's got a little (laughs) bit. He understands how to deal with media. Wonderkind. But then, you know, within, by the time the first night falls in Kansas City and I've had like a 45-minute conversation with Andy Reid where he realizes I have zero knowledge on how (laughs) to... Yeah, you're like, so what do you think about the West Coast offense? You're like, yeah, I like short passing. (laughs) There there is witchcraft involved. That's where the bill comes due. (laughs) No, but I get you the have, bill comes my way because yeah. I've signed a guaranteed coaching contract. Right, Those but guys I'm get saying, paid when they get fired. Where the bill comes due is you're going to get that money and all that, but you're going to have to be in that humiliating scenario with Reed and go through a whole season of everyone probably hating. No, I would be. I'll just I'd be You'd fired be and that? I'd cut my Twitter account and go live very richly somewhere. <laughs> uh, speaking of fired, Mike Shula doesn't have a job anymore. The Panthers' offensive coordinator was let go. On Tuesday, two days after the Panthers were knocked out of the playoffs uh, by the Saints, also uh, cut loose. Quarterbacks coach Ken Dorsey. Mark, this is a uh, big move by the Panthers. Shula was there uh, for five seasons. Uh, Not always a a super popular guy in this room. I think Rosenthal had it out for him for a few years there. Uh But he also was the offensive coordinator when Cam Newton won MVP. Uh, But they haven't reached those heights since, and now he's out of work. I wasn't expecting this one to happen necessarily, but I guess you're saying, look, at we, we went into this season saying that Cam Newton was going to run less. He's our, he's our number one asset, and we're not going to continue to use him that way. And it didn't happen largely, I think, because of a midseason trade and the way that their offense evolved with Cam Newton, but they were inconsistent in the run. Their passing game was largely a disaster by the end of the year. A lot of that's on personnel. Mike Shula, during their Super Bowl year, was an assistant coach of the year candidate. I mean, he was fa- he was fabulous that season. So these things rise and fall. Maybe Rivera just said, we want to reboot, or we want to go after someone like John DiFilippo who's sitting out there. Maybe you have a name in mind when you make this move. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, to to get rid of them both, I mean, just like that. Obviously, he wants to hit the reset button. And we heard all last year how you just talked about uh, they wanted to rely less on Cam Newton's legs, but that didn't work. And then once they went back to the way that Cam was when he's more mobile, that's when everything started to click for them again. But obviously, they need to reset a lot of things with that offense. Was it Mike Shula's fault? Maybe it was. Maybe with a different scheme that Christian McCaffrey came in the league as a top 10 pick and couldn't run the football. I mean, is that his fault? Or Jonathan Stewart... Uh, could not average more than three and a half yards a carry this season. Is that on Shula, or was that a guy that was running out of gas? I think it's ironic that he got fired after one of their best offensive performances of the year. Yeah. It was really Ron Rivera's defense, which was more disappointing late in the year and certainly on Sunday. But Mike Shula is by far the most important figure in Cam Newton's career. He wasn't just the coordinator for five years. He was Cam's quarterback coach for a couple of years before getting elevated. So all of Cam Newton's NFL career is with Mike Shula. And maybe I got on him a little too much uh, over the years. Ultimately, he did build an offense kind of around Cam's strengths, which are unique. But it's been his whole career. Don't you want to see... Don't you want to try something else? Well, it's your I, think, I think what yeah. we've seen isn't isn't enough. And maybe maybe it's a little risky that it even gets worse. I don't know, but we've seen him the entire career make a change. On the subject of pronunciations, you said elevated. Yeah. I noticed that, that too. I noticed it too. Elevated. Elevated. It just came out. Elevated. I think it just ran out of breath or Nagy you know. elevated. <laughs> Nagy elevated. Elevated. Go and be there. Uh, yeah, the firings came after Carolina finished the season 19th in total offense, 28th in passing, which also is that some of these these firings sometimes get on my radar a little bit. It's like, well, you had Devin Funches as the number one guy. You traded away Benjamin. Pretty bad offense and last year, though, too. So two straight years. Okay. But sometimes I wonder, like, is it more personnel or is it scheme? And well, it's, it's easier to say scheme and just say it's not the GM's fault. Or that was not a, a sexy personnel grouping at the end of the year. It was a mess. <laughs> no. so Evan Funches as your number one wide receiver so. by far is a problem. And we didn't talk. We should have talked about it, but we didn't. In that game, one of the biggest plays in that game was Kellen Clay. Is that his name? Keelan Clay. Keelan Clay, yeah. the drop in the first quarter. Oh, no. oh my God. That could be a totally different game if they go up 7 nothing. the Panthers. Well, Cam played great. They had 26 first downs. He, he wasn't the problem. The offense really wasn't the that problem. That was the most fascinating yeah. performance by Cam Newton that I, I realize he's had better performances, but right. to me, what he fought through physically, yeah. like I, I gain a lot of respect for Cam Newton. It's weird that this comes after that performance. Yeah. I, I mean, Keelan Clay makes that catch. They win that game, potentially, and... Jobs this guy doesn't get fired. Yeah. It's just sports are weird like that. In other news, hiring and firing news, Brian Gutekunst has a job, a new job, I should say. That's a good pronunciation. Gutekunst. They actually sent out an NFL <laughs> company-wide email with his pronunciation, I think because of the problematic nature that could arise if you pronounce it incorrectly. Quite problematic. The Packers are promoting their director of player personnel, Brian Gutekunst, to function as Ted Thompson's successor as general manager. Um, the new deals for five years. And Gutekunst replaces, of course, Ted Thompson. We all have who, to say that. Uh, who was in that gig since 2005, drafted Aaron Rodgers and rode that wave for a long time. But a fresh start and maybe a little bit of surprise that Gutekunst got the job, Mark. Well, I think last last Tuesday we talked about how everyone just assumed Elliot Wolf, because of the lineage 
was this rising fill-in-the-blank immediate GM for Green Bay, and it's this guy. You threw out his name. Well, it was, it was right? Gil Brandt who said that Gutekunst is the guy that they really – I said that incorrectly. Like, they really – Elevated. Like they love him. Thank you. So, <laughs> Elliot Wolf's now probably not going to be back with the Packers. He's interviewing with the Browns, and it sounds like he, you know, with being passed over here, he's going to wind up somewhere else. The, the most interesting thing I saw about this hire – was from Mike Florio, my old boss at Pro Football Talk, who said if not a Ru- humble if, brag. if Russ not a humble not brag. a humble brag if <laughs> Russ Ball was hired as GM, the thought was Mike McCarthy could lose his job, but McCarthy's very close with Gutekunst. Gutekunst, all right, uh, and because of that, now go up McCarthy would have will keep it. Hmm. So there was almost like the Packers were making a choice also about the head coach. How aggressive will he be in free agency? He said he will be. Like, he came out, and that was, like, the first quoted thing. He's like, we're going to change it up. We're going to spend some money. Like us. <laughs> Is <it a> carnival barker? <laughs> wow. Yeah, so you come on. Step right up. I mean, it's, like, like changes, it's hey? clearly for all those phony shareholders who have the, uh, you know, I'm, oh, I'm a packer. phony shareholders. Wow. What is it? Oh, we're not, you know, we don't go out of our way to critique ownership here, Greg. They are owners. They are. They I, own the packers. I'm not critiquing the fans who bought the piece of paper i'm critiquing the team okay. for selling the pieces of paper for 300 dollars to say you're a you're an owner of the oh packers God. or whatever Give me you should get to frame it and put it in your living room and i think that is how it works a though. nice thing and it, they are technically they are part owners but they're, they're in they minor no, shares they have no impact. they don't get to sit on the board of directors right. or anything right. that'd be a problem uh and finally Let's take a trip to the throne of sleep. They seem friendly. I say we trust them. How great for our planet. (laughs) (laughs) The wind. It's so bad. It's so stupid. I'll never forget we were recording that. And Lakeisha, who's got a line in there, our friend from downstairs. Uh, the Paramore. Paramore. Didn't know what to say, and so we just said, say how great for our planet. It's the most insane <laughs> line in that whole thing. Anyway, yes. And I was really annoyed when uh, the timing of Seth Wickersham's piece for ESPN.com, um, a total, total deep dive into the chaos behind the scenes uh, around the New England Patriots right now, all centering around a legacy grab, an ego, an ego battle involving Tom Brady, the quarterback, Robert Kraft, the head coach, or excuse me, the owner, and Bill Belichick, the head coach. Uh, and uh, so many juicy tidbits came out of it. Uh, I think the big takeaway uh, was in the report anyway, was that they had reached a breaking point and that the end of this um, this trio together, it could come as soon as at the end of the season, after the season. Uh, feels like a long shot, uh, but, you, uh, but you could dream if you're a Patriots hater. But this has become the major story, Greg, around, uh, around Foxborough. And you know it's a big story when the Patriots are going out of their way to debunk it and off uh, and talk on the record about it. Uh, they released a statement after the Wickersham piece went up, uh, shooting it down and calling some of the uh, reporting in it false and, and outright kind of fabrications, specifically the angle of it with Kraft basically telling Belichick to get Garoppolo out of there. Cause Brady a clear deployed. mandate to trade mandate. according yeah. to the people. Uh, and 
Bill Belichick himself even talked about the situation. Uh, everyone in New England saying everything's fine. No one's going anywhere. Here's what Bill had to say. Hey, Bill, there was a report in the New York Daily News this weekend that you would have some interest in, in coaching the Giants. I just want to see if there's any truth to that. Right now, my interest is trying to do the best I can for our football team to get ready for Saturday night against Tennessee. That's where my total focus is. Is your intention definitely to be back with the Patriots next season? Absolutely. Greg? I know. I, let me make a prediction, Greg. You're a big nihilist at times. Nihilist, 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 nihilist. Uh, not at all. You didn't think anything of this. This is all. Who cares? Not a big deal. Yes or no? No, I don't think that's true. I think the yes. part with Garoppolo was the only part that really mattered, though. All the rest was kind of was none of it was surprising. I thought the reaction to the article and and some of the way ESPN sold it was a lot more salacious than what was inside the article. Wickersham was very careful not to really go out of his way to report much of anything as fact. Kind of like that New York Daily News article, for instance, was a source they said close to Belichick who made it clear they had not spoken to Belichick whatsoever and were just <laughs> guessing. And That's then silly. I don't think anyone actually went back and read that New York Daily News article. Suddenly it gets passed on that he actually has interest. The part about Garoppolo is the story. That's, that's the only story to me, and it's a big one. I have a hard time believing that Bill Belichick would ever do anything totally against his wishes. That's how he answered that question. He said, anything we do is an organizational decision. He said that on Monday, and that was including the Garoppolo. Because to me, that would be a reason for Bill Belichick to leave. If he felt someone made him do something he didn't want to do in terms of personnel, and it wasn't his choice, that would be a a reason to quit. I think you would expect me now to come at you hard with how the article actually was a big accurate takedown of the organization, but I agree with Greg because here's 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 right you're working together for eighteen years. What you have shown is more success than any franchise could ever dream of. And along the way, these are egotistical, powerful, prideful people and they've clashed and there are multiple clashes. The the issue here, because none of this would matter if they had found a way to keep Jimmy G. You would be looking at a franchise. You'd look at a franchise that's gonna. You're wondering now, will they be this good for even longer than they had with Brady? That's what you're staring at. They they come out in a tough position because they lost a franchise quarterback. The timing couldn't have been worse. We discussed the timing why they couldn't keep Jimmy G. He had no interest in staying. And Belichick to me comes out looking fine in this piece. The thing that I found interesting in it, um, and I think that there's got to be some truth to the article. Now, I have no idea how much. Obviously, the egos involved are incredible. But I thought the thing that was really interesting was that a lot of the players felt that they had to choose between Brady and his guy, Alex Guerrero, or Belichick and the team trainers. And it was one or the other. And that was like sort of a divisive thing. And they felt kind of caught in the middle. And I think that that's a problem. And that's pretty toxic. And I think Belichick handled that well. Yeah. He he still talked about it. He he went out of his way on Monday to say, I think I have a good relationship with Alex. And you can ask Alex about that. Alex Alex Guerrero is still there at the team facility working with Brady and his teammates. To me, all of that stuff feels like, okay, stuff like that happens. They've been working together for 18 years. The part where Brady wants Garoppolo out of there, that's it'd almost be surprising if he didn't. Right. That's, you know what I mean? That's, like, not, that's not a shot at Brady either. Like, I feel like anybody would be that way. I think 
couple things that were really – first of all, Wickersham, who's done the rounds after this story because it's such a huge story, stands by everything. And he said the reason he decided to start pursuing this story is as someone that has followed the league closely and has written about the Patriots and about Brady, something didn't pass the smell test when they traded both their young, promising quarterbacks in two months yeah. when the only guy left was 40. And and that was right to follow that lead because yeah. there's something that was going on there. And and whether or not Kraft said it's not going to go, it's not going to happen with Garoppolo, uh, trade him. Belichick, that's what if that's true. And I'm not ruling out that everyone seems to be. Oh, there's no way that could happen. We'll find out. If maybe Belichick's it's part, back. maybe maybe he was influenced. Maybe it's partially true. And you, you know get why I mean? right. the, the owner would maybe say that because he has so much loyalty to Tom Brady. The other part of the story that just to me was juicy and fun was the behind the scenes look that the trading of Garoppolo came in the same season where behind the scenes Patriots personnel coaches see Brady in decline, which we've never heard before on any level reported or anything that he's missed throws. They cited a specific example of Chris Hogan, his the injury that essentially knocked him out for the rest of the season because Brady is more skittish in the pocket. We have really uh, relentlessly praised Brady's pocket presence and the way he's moved and his quickness late in his career. But according to this report, the Patriots behind the scenes don't feel that way. They feel like he is starting to show his age, which makes the decision to trade Garoppolo all the more divisive I, I in that totally, building. I, yeah, you've lost your succession plan. That's the that's sort of the dark, looming footnote on all of this. I, I mean, I, it's like I don't think it right now affects. It sounds like Steve Wilkes is probably going to wind up as the Giants coach. We don't know that yet, but it's, it's, they're they're not going to pull Belichick away. That would be. I think it's stunning yeah, if that happened, which happen. is absolutely stunning. And and Belichick is it, it probably thought he could have had an incredible legacy if he went and won something with Jimmy G two seasons. They wrote from about now. that too. But, well, he you, wanted to you leave the Patriots that, right. in good hands. He lost but that. That's, whole- that's going to bring up. Get, 25 other teams have wor- right. way worse crap going on behind the scenes than the Patriots. But do, the whole the whole thing doesn't happen if the same agent, Don Yee, right. doesn't represent Brady and Garoppolo. Very and weird. That, it is so random because Don Yee, for those who don't follow, is not a super agent with a ton of clients. He's a pretty random agent who happened to have Tom Brady and happened to have Garoppolo. Garoppolo was his client before he was drafted by the Patriots. And that, to me, is where this all started, and it all made it impossible because Garoppolo had no interest. And and some of the reporting of what they offered him, $17 million a year, that's pretty wild, too, that they were going to be offering Jimmy. And you can see why Tom Brady and Tom Brady's agent, and Garoppolo, who are all basically on, sort of on the same team, are not going to be listening to those sort of offers. And it, and it kind of it was just bad luck, I think, for the Patriots. What about the, it, the conspiracy theory that Belichick annoyed sent Jimmy G to the 49ers to stick it to Tommy Boy, his favorite team that he always oh. wanted to play for? Well, I, <laughs> I, I love I, it. One little nugget. I thought it was fascinating. And people, Belichick is, is obviously seen as this sort of grumpy, uh, like, like reclusive dude or whatever. And it's quite the opposite that after the Super Bowl, he actually sat down for hours with Kyle Shanahan, went over film and talked about that game. He, he, loves he cares game. about yeah. I think Belichick is becoming more of a thinking about his legacy, not just for the Patriots, but league-wide. It says he became coaches. friends with Roger Goodell, wh- right. which he sort of shot down in, in saying he hadn't talked to him since... Uh, Halloween, and he said that fact of what that them that when they last met was a hundred percent inaccurate. We, we well, it was also the, an article that said that new players were calling Brady sir, right, and that uh, Brady was upset that he didn't get the Patriot of the Week award. 
Yes. Like that. That <laughs> there's sort, some really fun yeah, little nuggets. That's, in that. those little things. <laughs> that's that part of stuff one. didn't really. That you're right. I didn't really care. Even the part about like them thinking he declined. Everyone's gonna th- think different things. I don't think anyone who watched how he played this year would ever think he was worse than he was five years ago. I never got the Patriots award <laughs> once this year. That was Bill. one of my favorite parts. It's not fair. Let's go. I think he's a prideful dude, Bright. I mean, Bright. Like he did come out today on WEI in Boston and very strongly against the idea that he wanted Jimmy G out. Now, what's he going to say? We get it. But one thing also, talking to Jimmy G at the Super Bowl last year, where it was the fifth day of media day, you could sit and just hang with him for like 40 minutes. He talked about Brady in a way that they were super tight. It was like Like Sessler. It was like Joe Namath and those reporters at the poolside just sipping back (laughs) drinks. Because you want to know why? Everyone had filed their will Jimmy G be traded to Cleveland or Team X post two days ago. So there was nothing more to talk about with the dude. He talked about Brady that him and Jacoby set. The three of them had these incredible text chains. He wouldn't tell me what was on them, but they were close friends. That's how he characterized It was weird. Like if Brady was actually acting when he did that Jim Gray interview after Garoppolo was traded, where he acted all emotional. Another Oscar. Mm. Another all emotional. That he's he's more uh, cold-blooded than I possibly imagined. You guys want a little like peek behind the scenes of the Sessler Garoppolo poolside chat? Yeah, Great time with him. Years so of Jimmy G and Hanson misrankings. All right. Give me a break. I love it, though. How about Sessler at 25? I mean, he's unease. younger. That's not fair. <laughs> it's not a fair comparison. Um, Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> the throne <laughs> of unease. They seem friendly. I say we trust them. How great for our planet. <laughs> yes. Usually, by the way, this all comes up when you know things are going terribly for the Patriots. Right? Uh, they are hosting a playoff game this week against, against the, the Titans. Tennessee Titans of all time. Yeah, who predicted that, by the way? Dan, about three weeks ago. Well, you said they'd get swept by the Jags. It's funny how things some, work out for you. Some though. parts. But the, the Titans would uh, maybe the specific, the how end the result got there. The end the result. Titans going to Foxborough <laughs> yeah. and going to lose by three hundred points. Congratulations. We'll see another double buy for you. Exactly. Why don't we give the Titans a little credit for pulling off a great comeback? They beat the team. Well, we gave them plenty Sunday of credit on Sunday night. We did. And, and, and now they, I, you know, they won the game. The what are you gonna do? And Titans fans are fully aware of this. If you knock off the throne of Sleaze on Sunday. Titans will be forever retired in this studio. That's preposterous. They should have earned it. They should have earned it Sunday. Oh, I'm They've won more playoff games than either of your teams combined over the last five years. Yeah, but our teams aren't in unbelievable- the conversation to be respected. It was an unbelievable wow. performance. I, how saying. will the Patriots beat the Titans this weekend? You're right. No, no, no. I, have no I think idea. the Patriots will take care of them, but it, what, uh, okay. what more do you got to do than win a game when you're down 21-3? I said. I said. They've already done it. They got a lot of respect on the show. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Listen, I listen. It was a great show. Do you call the Titans the Titans? Never. I do. Yeah. So I get to make the rules of what what. Well, I get the to band. politic for it, just like you get, to <laughs> get your little uh, politic for you it. You get to Please. your little pol- you know Patriots jabs in. <laughs> Calm down, Greg. <laughs> now it's time to talk a little shoulders of greatness, presented by Head and Shoulders. Ooh. And today's topic will be the superlatives of the uh, postseason. Like it. Our rankings of, um, you know, different categories. We're going to throw out. Each of us going to – I'll go around the room. I'll throw out a category. You give me your answer, and then we could all agree or disagree mm-hmm. uh, with the decisions. And, Mark, 
<clears throat> we're going to start with you, buddy. Okay. Um, we're going to eight remaining playoff teams, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so of those eight teams, who has the top quarterback of the remaining teams? Is that how to put this? What? Who? Is, I think just rank the quarterback. Rank right? the quarterback. Who would you put at the top of your quarterback list? Of the eight remaining teams. I mean, I could get cute here. I thought Drew Brees was incredible on Sunday and has had a great season and is a Hall of Fame quarterback, but my answer is Tom Brady. I don't think I need to spend too much time explaining why. Uh, The case for not Tom Brady is that he hasn't played that well for about a month, uh, whereas Drew Brees, just we just saw him play it out of his mind. But, yeah, it's hard to go. And if you want to... It is hard. Well, you can go down the list, too. I, I might go Ben Roethlisberger right now. I, going into the playoffs, who am I the most confident in? It's Roethlisberger. And it's close between the top four because Matt Ryan's played two great games in a row. Ryan had the eye of the tiger. At the he Coliseum. was awesome yeah. in that game. Breeze has been fantastic over the last three or four weeks, especially Sunday. But Roethlisberger was the best quarterback in the league over the last six, seven, eight weeks. And I put a lot of stock into Let that. Let me ask you that. Roethlisberger won. Brady two. Breeze well, I don't, like, I don't like that Ben Roethlisberger sulks. Though. That bothers me about him. And mm. throws d- devastating interceptions in their last like five, Like five. So Blake is last. Let's, let's flip this, Greg. Uh, you get into the AFC Championship Mariota. game. And the Steelers get Tom Brady and your Patriots get Big Ben. That's what you'd prefer? Well, that's... Well, is that what you'd prefer? It's a strange argument because it's I'm not a Patriots because you're, fan you're, you would be getting the better. Brady. You'd be getting the better quarterback according to your uh, ranking here. Down, right now, I think he's playing better. Down four mm. points with... 90 seconds to play and two timeouts starting at your own 20. This is how I do it. Who's the quarterback I want? I'd probably say Brady. Yeah. Brady. What if Brady doesn't have Gronk? Well, Would it still be Brady? Well, he did it without He's, Gronkowski. His stats without yeah. Gronkowski are incredible. I don't think there's a huge gap, though, between those four, the way Breeze is playing right now, or Matt Ryan. In Breeze looks week. sensational. For for me, it's it's Breeze or Brady, and I can't mm. think, I can't. They're so close. The other... One one other nugget I cannot leave out of the uh, Kate poor Case Keenum he, he's fifth. No. You're better than three playoff quarterbacks right now. Mariota, Blake, and then Foles. Yeah. My or favorite Foles, uh, Brady being sensitive about his place in the future of the Patriots nugget from that story was when Jimmy G hurt his shoulder last season, and uh, he scheduled an appointment with the TB12 clinic. And when he got there, the doors were locked, and he couldn't get in for two weeks. He couldn't I, get I, in. I didn't know that was the part I found so odd. And his phone really? calls weren't being returned. And his phone calls weren't returned, and he wasn't able to get treatment until a Patriots official reached out to Guerrero's <laughs> clinic. I love that. That is some catty behavior from the goat. It is. I'm not even if mad that, at him. If that's I how, love it. If that's how <laughs> it went, it is. <laughs> it just tells I, Yeah, so Jimmy G can tell you poolside about how they're right. best friends, but when the push comes to shove. Dan and I were going back and I, forth. He was all you know, fired up about this article and the Titans making it. He's very oh upset. God. And I, I came up with the conclusion, at this point, Dan is more emotionally invested <laughs> in the Patriots than I yeah. am. I mean, he's rooting against them, right. but he he is more into it. I'm a surface. Like he certainly is more. He certainly is more upset that the Titans are going in there that I'm excited about. Well, what do you <laughs> obsess over more than things that you hate? And you yeah. hate the Patriots, and you want them out. How many a, times did you read that article? I read it three times. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> On a surface level, there, it's not even close. Because, but you're more like 
you pretend like you don't care about the Patriots. I, I care a lot. But then when, I care like, a lot, but only about happens, certain things. Right. When a big game happens, like that Steelers game a few Absolutely. weeks ago, you were stewing in your chair and all fired up. Absolutely. Uh, so you're way into it. You just I'm way in, but all this other stuff and like who's coming in and all the stuff surrounding it, that's, that's not going to get me. Too excited. Right. That's what I, the It's like you're still yeah. going to the AFC championship game and things aren't that bad right. as a Patriots fan. Things are fine. All right. Home field advantage. Who has the best power ranking, the home Ooh. field advantage? Uh, Does that include the teams that are no longer playing at home? Like if the you, Saints, If you cannot have a home game, and the Saints could. Saints could. Yeah, still, anyone right. could still have one. The only person, the only team that's eliminated it's from the Falcons, uh, technically. Oh, and the Titans. And the Titans. Yeah. Okay. Give me the Vikings. I'm with you. Why do you say the Vikings? I just think that stadium. I can't wait to go there for the Super Bowl, but it looks like that stadium goes wild for the team mm. when they're there. It's so loud. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that the the Super Bowl is being hosted there, if they can get right. that far, that's incredible home field advantage. That's huge motivation. I had the Vikings there too. Um, I mean, in terms of results, the, the results in New England are, they speak for themselves. Right. But the, the Vikings, like everyone sort of just keeps, oh, the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. Like, the Vikings are sitting there being like, we don't really care what you think about mm. us. We're going to knock someone out this weekend and yeah. host the NFC Championship the next. Well, I was, I was in the Superdome Sunday and that was mm. the loudest stadium I've ever been in in my life. Wow. And and a lot of the people that had been around that team for a while said it, it had been six years since they had a home game, so there was a lot of pent up excitement. Yeah. And it was wild. When they when they got the when they put on stand up and get crunk after uh, a touchdown <laughs> and that place is partying and the when the Panthers were on offense, it was just deafening in that did stadium. Did you stand up and get crunk? I did not, no. No, I, he's gotta be professional. He's okay, no, I'm box. just wondering. It's interesting no one mentions Pittsburgh. No, yeah. Pittsburgh's great. It's fine. That's a, and the Patriots have taken some heat over the years for the Foxborough crowd, and I think it's deserved. It. Having crowd. been around, yeah. they're not always there for like the week 13, 1 o'clock game, treating it as the real special deal. They'll, they'll be up plenty for, for these playoffs. Hinesfield is good. It's just I don't think it's at the level of uh, – and the Superdome, if they get a home game and then NFC title game, mm-hmm. watch out. Forget people it. there are already like – everyone's thinking Saints, Falcons, NFC Championship. That's, All right. yeah. that's what they Next want. Next category. we got to hurry up. we got to get – this one in before Connie leaves. Okay. Hottest coordinator. This is the Ooh. most physically attractive uh, coordinator either side Not of the Not producing Wait, the it most. Is? Just physically. I thought it was just like who's the best. No, that's how attractive. I'm going to No, the ha- most handsome. Well, I've been to some... You know, training through HR at the company, and I'm not comfortable. Well, we're cut- like a- well I have no problem answering this. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah. And I'm going with Dick LeBeau. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For where he's at at his age. Yes. Where- All day. He's he's a classy guy. He's funny. You're like a debonair. Yes. Ex-athlete. <laughs> he was a songwriter. Look at that. You can get serenaded by him. I did a lot of research guys on this Guys with guitars topic. get the chicks. <laughs> Always. <laughs> you could look good as Dick LeBeau at his age. You'd be doing fine. I, He's 80. Mark Ann Manuel from the Falcons got high into my rankings. Ooh, uh, but Manuel. after searching every single one of these yeah. before the show, I'm going with uh, Frank Reich. And oh. you did a long study of this. I did. And, and I want to say, there was not, room, there was, was Mark's room. idea there, for the category. There wasn't necessarily a lot to pick from because these guys, like, they look like they've been through some battles. There's the some weather-worn cast. coordinators <laughs> not getting a lot of sleep here, but Frank Reich still has a bit of that quarterback DNA. Is it, Todd Haley, handsome, handsome is it Todd Haley man. before or after the hip uh, injury? Mm. Either way, he did not make my top five. <laughs> I do think it's, I think it's attractive that Todd Haley shattered his hip fighting for the honor of his wife. I like sure. that. Yeah. But that's not my choice. 
Um, what was your your uh, going Frank Reich? Reich has kind of like a late period Scott Bakula vibe. A little bit. I like. Uh-huh. He's a big Quantum Leap fan as well as necessary rough, roughness. I will go with Matt Patricia. Shout out to the uh, Bear community listening to the show, which I know we have a BB. A large contingent. Yeah. Um, okay. He also looks a lot. Someone pointed out he looks exactly like the Buccaneers mascot. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) It's it's really uncanny. Patricia to me, I mean, he's a guy that can can make a fire. He can change a tire. He's manly. He can, uh, you know, he can drive stick. Like Connie. Yeah. Uh, And you know what? On Valentine's Day, he might surprise you. When he's in the kitchen, and uh, wow! So you you actually find him to be the most go. physically attractive of all the entries. <laughs> oh, that's Oops, that's yeah. my sounder. Uh, Gotta go. It is 11:30. I'm already late for my meeting. It's been real. I can leave my answers with you. I wrote them on the back of a receipt if you can want you, them. But. Yeah, please, <laughs> yes, please leave them. Can you wait? Do I need this for an expense report? Do you mind? I'll bring it uh, down for you. I don't need it. Do you mind telling um, the people in that meeting that? It's probably not necessary to have a power rankings production meeting in the divisional round playoff. I think you should come in and See tell how that them. that goes over. You, you can tell them after the pod when you're walking Just by. Just rank it one to eight uh, by seed and break down the fantasy. That works. <laughs> All right. Later, guys. All right. All right. Bye, farewell. All right. Moving on. So We, we got, never got an answer. Oh, Greg, go ahead. I was thinking Patricia. <laughs> wow. You really stole it. Same reason? That's quite well, an upset for two people in the room to go uh, Patricia. I really Jim did think you, Why isn't it you were saying. Uh, I don't. I think that he's like a, a guy with a big grizzly beard who wears a baseball hat backwards. What's wrong like, with that? No, I I think that Patricia's fine. I just don't think it would have been the the the, the autom- you, you, like You made it a nod to the bear community, so it's uh, you're you're calling it a fringe. How about, in, how about in, Todd Wash, the uh, Jaguars defensive <laughs> coordinator? Just because I don't think anyone's mentioned his name on the podcast all season, and he coordinates the best. Defense in the league, so you know that's what I that's what's telling. attractive that's, to me. I was telling under, Dan, strong but silent type. You stay I, under the radar and yeah. you produce. I was okay. telling Dan, okay. had beers with Todd Wash at the Combine Airport back when he was with the Seahawks, ah. and I will say that uh, he is the kind of guy where like women were wa- looking at him as they walked by. He was a big muscle bound dude pounding beers. So Greg mm. may be onto something. Next category. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Band, bandwagons to jump on. Okay. So this is the team we would join if and just yeah, I guess it's obvious. Dump our own team what do you got? for them. We what would, do you got, uh, Greg? We would dump our own team. Or like in general of the eight teams, who's the team I've oh, I want to root to to take it to the house? I it sounds strange saying this because uh yeah, I definitely have an allegiance to the Saints over the years and I'm rooting for them and I'm rooting for their fans, but it's the Atlanta Falcons. That's my choice. That's the team when I watch them just the last few weeks kind of coming together and the fact that they're trying to come back from that devastating um, loss last year. A lot of their fans are Georgia fans trying to lick their wounds from the national championship game last night. And I don't know. There's something about this team that I just kind of like watching. I like the story. That's kind of that's the team I'm. I have the Falcons, too. Um, And I did put in parentheticals uh, in my notes. uh, Beware. It's filling up fast. They are, you know, it's a which isn't a bad thing. But I think now that they've kind of found their footing and they played such a, a heady a quality game against the Rams, a team that we all really liked, and they were the team ATL. And then you factor in the the kind of storyline behind this all, which is it would obviously be cool. trying to 
um, wipe away the pain of an unprecedented Super Bowl loss, maybe even against the team that beat them. So, yeah, I think that, to me, that's a bandwagon worth jumping on. That uh, would be incredible to watch. So that's they're on my list. But um, I went Vikings. I just think that the yeah. Vikings fan base has been through so much. Every city you go to, there are Vikings bars. They're a super loyal group. They've never wavered through all the nonsense they've been through. And if, if they were to ever pull it off and win a Super Bowl after a full Super Bowl week at home in their own streets and then win that game, it would be an incredible – one year after we got our first overtime, I think this would top it. The whole yeah. experience of being in Minnesota with a, t- with a quarterback like Case Keenum and a guy like – I just think the whole, from the whole coaching staff, Zimmer would is be awesome. likable. So there, I'd jump right on that bandwagon. Well, if I knew that you were going to say Falcons, I'd take it back. I'm going back to the Saints because this is a fun Saints team. You saw after the game – like Sean Payton, I like that it meant so much to you. Breaking out the now. breaking out the broom, calibrate. Saints doing, fun. doing some dancing. You got Alvin Kamara with uh, the airheads. Oh, Kamara, 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 <laughs> like a Camaro. I love Kamara. He's got Maggie. the airheads on the sideline. He's walking home. Cameron Jordan's like a very fun person. The it's Alistair. a fun. It's a fun, very trash talking. If they made the Super Bowl, they'd be entertained. You know who I can't root for though is Sean Payton. He's right next to Belichick to me, and the hard to root for. Power ranking. He is though. He's getting a little older. He's wearing his glasses on the side. I think he's a little more calm plays. than he used to be. You know, <laughs> maybe not. Like, you know, Dirk Cutter about disagree. how you want to join the Falcons bandwagon, and he's throwing up the choke sign to them on the sideline. Yeah, and he's yeah, breaking out. Yeah, and he's, that's true. And he's breaking out a broom when he sweeps the Panthers. I kind of like that in sports. So you know, it's like I mean, I'm a big Parcells guy, and Peyton is a protege. But I don't know. There's something to me a little bit more gruff and likable about Parcells. Belichick's a protege too. Jerkian, so t- no, tendencies. Yeah, you don't have to like his proteges. Yeah, but I. But you're Parcells not the only one that be, feels this way about Parcells. Could obviously be salty. They might have right. learned saltiness from uh, Parcells, uh, but I always liked. Peyton Parcells has some enemies. Mind. You're not. You're not uh, alone enough. Uniforms, power rankings. I'll start this one. I will also. Uh, I will bring up the Vikings again. Like the purple, like the horns, like the. I like the the mascot that drives on the motorcycle and the the horn they have. <laughs> Pretty cool. Uh, but the, the, it's a classic uniform combo. Vikings home unis in purple. That's my pick. I'm going to give you mine real quick in order because uh, I could not find a better uniform than the Saints on Sunday. Look Love fantastic. It. They're my number one. I go Saints, Steelers, Patriots, Vikings, Eagles, Titans, mm. Falcons, Jaguars. Don't love the Jaguars uniform. No, the helmet's a problem. It's pretty I, ugly. The the pow- it gets pretty ugly. The uniforms. Some of the teams. About half the teams have some of the worst uniforms. I don't. I do not like the Patriots uniforms. Even as a Patriots no. fan, hmm. ever since they changed them in the logo, I've never been a fan. I'm going. I was surprised. Eagles was so low on your list. That's my number one. To me, that's classic. Love that green. Uh, I've always. Oh, I don't liked, like the logo. Their, I feel like the you know, logo is very like early two thousands, and it looks a little. I like the uniform. Doesn't work. I thought it's uniform. I'm going Eagles. Yeah, Steelers would be nice. Oh, wait, the Eagles have the, the wings. Did they have something else? And they Am I getting confused here? Did the Eagles move away from the wings at a certain uh, point and then come back to them? I don't know, but I don't like the, the, the dark green color with the black. I, I feel like it's love-hate for Eagles because I hear some people say it's the best uniform I love in you. football. And I to me, like... I just don't. I don't like the combination of Eagles versus a lot of the teams. They Steelers play. is great too. Steelers is great. It's very good. I think the Jaguars and Titans might have the two worst uniforms in the league. But that's another discussion. Yeah, Browns would have something to say about that. <laughs> At least currently. Classic. Currently. Uh, finally, dark horse potential. A team of the eight. 
that everyone is sleeping on. Mm. Uh, there th- aren't a ton of choices here. No, because you, you can't got? just pick like a third seat or second right. seat or something. Well, I'd, go the e- I'd go the Eagles then because hmm. everyone is just assuming the Falcons go in there and win that game. And we'll get into the preview of why maybe that will happen or not. Uh, but Nick Foles, everyone's just get it when there's such conventional wisdom all in one direction. That worries me, especially when you've got a lot of talent on that team in Philadelphia. I think it's a great pick. I mean, our Pick'em Show last week showed that when we all sit there and, you know, with ultra hubris predict across the board that one team is going to win without even questioning it. Yes, things don't go that way. We made it very clear. In fact, we, we were prefaced not, the conversation by saying I just no, like to put we that. I just like wrong. to act we like that. We went 8-8, eight eight, by the way. It could have been worse. Could have been worse. I, I I went Falcons. I mean, I just because I think a week ago people thought yeah. left for dead, going to get flamed by the Rams, probably Sean McVay's the greatest human on the west side of the United States, and suddenly Dan Quinn Got it done. The guy no one's talking about. The second team I'd pick, though, and I'm not talking Super Bowl, but I, I, I think everyone's going to say, oh, they're out this week. I could see the Jaguars' defense, if they get off to a good start against Pittsburgh, winning a weird, wacky game. I could just see that I don't happening. discount them just because they, they had a terrible game I don't either. I don't last either. week. That so game's it, over. It would have to be a super weird game, but it, it's possible. Um, weird. I don't even need to uh, say anything else because, Greg, the way uh, what you said – uh, about the Eagles is exactly how I feel. Mm. No mm. one's giving them any chance, but they are still a number one seed at home with a good defense, and that could travel. That could that could win a game. That could get them to the next round. But they are a dark horse. Before we go, I just want to talk one more time about Please. Squarespace. Oh yeah, <laughs> support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Ready to start your new business? Yes, absolutely. Now. Why wait until the new year? Well, it is the new year. So why wait until February? We've already waited. To set your plans in action. The future is coming. Make it brighter with Squarespace. With beautiful templates created by world-class designers, Squarespace makes it easy to turn your new idea into a... Pinata? A reality. Mm. You can customize everything from look and feel to settings and products, and it's all optimized for mobile right out of the box. Use Squarespace's analytics to help you grow in real time. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Though, if you do have a question, this is important, Mark, uh, because customer service is tantamount. Agree with that. Squarespace's award-winning 24-7 customer service is there to help. A dream is just a great idea. Was this a Martin Luther King, uh, King quote? A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. I think that was in the I Have a Dream speech. I think it was in the original draft, at least. A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. <laughs> he said that. It's a technological visionary from the late 60s. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to MLK. Make it a reality with Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code AROUND to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com, offer code AROUND. Okay, that's it for today's show. A reminder, this is our video show, the live stream, which is not really live, but that's how it's promoted on our digital service, uh, is at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and we have a correction, Greg. Connie Fox inexcusably got her own power rankings uh, programming wrong. When does that actually air? I believe 6 p.m. Eastern. 
Right. DVR it if it's too late for this week. Next week again. Yeah, they have re-airs overnight, so check that she out. She said 3.30 Pacific, which is just wildly inaccurate. You're trash, bro. But our live stream is at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Download the show on Apple Podcasts. NFL Pick'em also. That's another show we're on. That's on the network. Saturdays at 8 a.m. Eastern. We're down to one showing of Pick'em. We got four next week, I heard. Four. Okay. That's it. (laughs) Next time here for us will be Thursday. A little crucible talk. Divisional playoffs. Dan Hans is signing off for the Quiet Storm. Connie Fox, the old boss, Lindsey Fulton, Christian Anderson behind the glass. Till Thursday. Everybody knows he's launching a network. Everybody knows him and uh, Giselle uh, uh, starting a lifestyle network. Everybody knows. It's uh, everyone is known for a long time. <laughs> what? Well, okay. And he was just like, right. oh, you know, they got the apps, the vegetables. Yeah. You know, everybody knows. They got the vegetables and the apps. <laughs> Anybody yes. that's uh, plugged in at all knows. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.